Amen. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I suspect that you are um, some better at this than others. Uh, obviously, that means that some are not quite as good. Um, I need many of these, and my history has demonstrated the same. Uh, I have a mom that grew up, uh, when I grew up, my mom, you know, she offered these all the time. Uh, I suspect that if I was spending time around my mom today, she would continue to offer them. And they're just simple reminders. You know, she would say, Jeff, don't forget to, and Jeff, did you remember your... So I just needed them all the time. Now, I don't know what you have wished you would have had a reminder for. And when I look back again over my own history, I know there are some times when it's like, ah, oh, man, why didn't I remind myself? It not only impacted me, but sometimes the lack of my own reminder would impact other people. This was several years ago. I've only done it once, but, but it did happen. I'm sitting at lunch. and In fact, I'm having a lunch meeting and we're covering missions work and, and having an engaging meeting and my phone rang and it was my secretary and she said, Pastor, um, a, a gentleman just called from such and such a church and he said that he was waiting for you outside the airport in another state, you know. And so do you know those times when you have that gut check that's just like, oh no. You know, you can't say, tell them I'll be right there. You know what I'm saying? So I just missed it. Now I did, I, and you know, to kind of close the loop on that story, I did make another flight. I made it to the, the meeting. I was able to speak, but man, did I blow it on that one because of my own personal lack of reminder. And we live in a day when the ability to make reminders is, is pretty straightforward. I mean, we can say to our phone, hey, remind me to write bill when I get to the office or remind me about the paper that I have due on or remind me to pay or what. We can set all kinds of reminders. So the ability to do so is clearly there, but taking the opportunity to do so is sometimes a little lacking. And I suspect that reminders are not only something important for our day, but they're timeless. In other words, we always need them. Every once in a while, someone will say, hey, did you remember to? And as soon as we hear that, we pause and we think, oh, wow. And if we're, if we're thinking correctly, we don't get offended that someone reminded us. If we're thinking correctly, we forgot something and someone said, hey, did you remember to? If we're processing like we should, we would say, oh, I forgot completely about that. Thank you so much for the reminder. And scripture is not unlike or unaware of how we function. Scripture, obviously God the Holy Spirit understands the framework. He, he knows our frame. So all throughout scripture, we get these repeated, I don't know, reminders of things that I suspect we already know. Like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. But again, God in his wisdom said, I know you know this, but these are some things with which you're going to need regular reminders. And here we are, you know, already the shine, so to speak, on this new year is already beginning to, to wear. 
I mean, we're at the last day of the first month of 2024. And so now tomorrow, there's going to be just 11 months left in the year. And then, and then it just like, where did the year go? And we're knocking on the door of 2025. So I don't know what kinds of resolves you have made. What kind of things you have said, I have to be reminded of this every day, or these are the stages at which I need these reminders. But it's not too late, of course, at any time for us to pause and look and say, what kind of a timely reminder do I need right now? Of course, the, the title of our message today is simply that, timely reminders. Now, your Bibles are open to the book of Second Peter, uh, we're going to put some passages on the screen, and if you're looking at them as well, let's start in 2 Peter chapter 1 and notice this recurring theme from the Apostle Peter. Now remember, this is a guy who was in the presence of Jesus. He heard these things, and he knew, I'm going to have to continually bring these things to your remembrance. Verse number 12, wherefore, Peter says, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet. That means it's fitting. As long as I am in this tabernacle, as long as I'm in this body, Peter says to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now, again, there are times when we get a little bothered when someone says, hey, did you remember to? Hey, don't forget to, and the Apostle Peter says, listen, you're going to have to deal with it, so to speak. I, I think it's fitting. I think it's right. And then he uses the expression that it's like, yeah, that does kind of sometimes stir me up. He says, I'm going to continually, as long as I'm in this earthly tabernacle, I'm going to stir you up. They're, they're almost, you know, has communicated this idea of you're, you're going to be a little agitated by this. When someone looks at you and says, hey, don't forget to, sometimes before they even say what it is, we say, I know, I know, and we don't even know if we know. And the Apostle Peter saying, listen, I'm just going to keep, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, in this body, I'm going to stir you up by way of remembrance. Uh, he does it in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse number 1. He said, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Again, he's saying, I know I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. That would be an important statement for us to make tonight. In fact, how many times in a church service do you go away saying, wow, I've never heard that before? You know, maybe some, maybe some interesting fact about a location or a place, but, but there are not a lot of people in here, and there are not a lot of people that are watching right now who say, wow, what a revolutionary truth. And yet, how many times do we go away from a church service if, if we're honest and say something like, wow, boy, did I need to hear that. Man, I needed that. I'm, have you ever had this? Because it happens to me when I'm sitting in a service and I hear this on a fairly regular basis. Someone will come up to me and say what oftentimes happens to me when I'm the one that is sitting where you are. And they'll say, man, I don't, know, I don't know how you knew, but that is exactly what I needed to hear. 
And you know, the apostle Peter saying, there are some things that you're gonna have to hear. And while it might not be revolutionary, it is important. He does it in Philippians, or Paul says it in Philippians chapter three, second part of verse number one. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. To write the same things, here it comes again. He says, it's not grievous to me. I'm not bothered by the fact that in a sense, what he's saying is I know I've preached this message before. Yeah, I mean, sometimes does someone ever say, take your Bible and turn to, and you're like, oh, Oh, I've heard that one before. And Paul says, listen, it's not grievous to me to say to you, here it comes again. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 5, he says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? When he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, he says, don't you remember? I know I've already said this, but I'm, I'm saying it to you again. So what are some of the, in a sense, timely reminders that the apostle Peter said, of all the things that I could talk to you about, Peter says, here's some things that I think you're gonna need to hear again. And they are for us tonight, timely reminders. Okay, look at verse number, um, look at chapter three, verse number 18. And the first thing he says is grow, grow. All right, here's the first reminder. And by the way, we might even say, well, Duh, you know, I mean, seriously, why does he have to tell me that? Well, because growth, there are certain things that you and I can do that actually, um, they encourage growth. So it's not just that, you know, just, just put it on autopilot. The apostle Peter says, this is something you have to be reminded of because you're gonna play a part in your own growth. So 2 Peter chapter three, verse number 18. Here's a reminder but grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. He, he concludes in a sense right where he begins. So he says, all right, let me leave you with something. Don't forget this. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And then if you say, well, did, are these like bookends? Exactly. If you look back at chapter one, verse number two, he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He's saying, hey, listen, these are some things that you're gonna have to get to grow. And how do I do that? Well, the apostle Peter's already addressed this matter of growing in his first epistle. First Peter chapter two, verse number two. Here's what he says. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Okay, so right now we've invited Campus Church to sign up for something that's called um, Life Share Groups. Life share groups. And tonight, Pastor Stevens mentioned the different groups. Uh, one of them is a, is a brief book study, but it's a wonderful um, book study. Um, so it is um, gentle and lowly. It, it's a, a beautiful study on Jesus Christ who came in such a fashion. Uh, there's another one by uh, Andrew Murray on prayer. Beautiful, powerful book. And then there's one that he mentioned. And if you don't know, why would I do that? I don't know that you would sign up for it. But Peter says, okay, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. One of them that he mentioned tonight was called the exchange. Living the exchange. 
Uh, next year in our soul winning seminar, okay, we're going to have invite back a man uh, by the name of Jeff Musgrave. Jeff Musgrave wrote a curriculum that helps believers share the gospel. And then he didn't leave the newborn as like I received the gospel and, and I guess I'm just supposed to, I will automatically grow. No, he, he wrote giving the exchange. And then he wrote a wonderful discipleship book called Living the Exchange. How do I live this exchange that took place in my life when Jesus Christ allowed his righteousness to be exchanged for my sinfulness. How do I live this life? What is the Christian life supposed to look like? And so not only do, does he help us understand, how do I give the exchange? He says, all right, once a person has received this incredible, marvelous exchange, Here's how you not only give it, this is how you live it. And you know, for some in this room, you should consider signing up for living the exchange. You say, what's that going to do for me? What it's going to do is it's going to give you some of the essentials for growth in the Christian life. You're going to say, you know, I've never really been mentored in the way of a Christian life. What's that supposed to look like? Why would I do certain things? Why wouldn't I? Why would a person be baptized? Isn't that just some like archaic ritual? Why would a person do that? Why is, you know, we always hear about reading the word of God, which we're gonna address again in just a few moments. I mean, I hear that all the time, but I'm so busy. I got so much to do. Really, why would I read the word of God? Tell me a little bit more about prayer. Hey, why would a Christian give hard earned resources resources to the church because really isn't the church just going to use those things for whatever they want why would I tithe or give funds to a church uh, uh, you know what is all this Christianity stuff all about why would I even attend church I mean couldn't I just couldn't I just live stream church for the rest of my life is church really that much of a priority you know, those are, those are honest questions, and they really are. I'm not trying to belittle or diminish them. They're good, honest questions. And you know, what some folks should consider one path to, how can I grow? Man, desire the sincere milk of the word. Well, how would I do that? One way to do that would be through a life share group. And that would be sign up for living the exchange. Unless campus church is confused about this, this is not just an opportunity for a college student. These are opportunities that are wide open for campus church. So you might be, you might be in your, your, your 30s or 40s or, or 60s or 70s and you say, there's so much about the Christian life that I still don't understand. I'm kind of like a newborn when it comes to Christianity. Perfect. Sign up for living the exchange. Say, okay, so that's a good way. Is that the answer to all of my growth problems? You know, the word of God, it helps us understand that growth for a believer is essential for all of life, not just for the newborn. It is non-negotiable and it is available. Growth, the entire journey of your Christian life. Okay, so how do I do that? This is not complicated and forgive the overuse of the expression. It's not rocket science. It's just the daily investigation of, of you into the word of God. 
does this really have answers for what we need today? And the answer is absolutely. There has never been a more relevant word for our day than is found in the pages of Holy Scripture. You know, people have recognized its value, its veracity. People have recognized this all throughout the ages. In fact, I read an article um, regarding the Bible, which was quoted by several former United States presidents. John Adams, second president of the United States, read the entire Bible every year. He studied the scriptures every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings. Regularly reading the Bible shaped his character and, in a sense, you could say his, share, his character helped shape our country. Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, referred to the Bible as the rock on which our republic rests. He read three to five chapters each day. If a politician mentions today that the Bible is the rock upon which our whole government rests, our society rests, Wow, they would be absolutely ridiculed, but Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, called the Bible this. He said, the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man, but for it, we could not know right from wrong. Great insights from Abraham Lincoln. Woodrow Wilson, our 28th president, said, the Bible is the word of life. I beg you, that you will read it and find this out for yourself. When you have read the Bible, you will know it is the word of God because you will have found in it the key to your own heart, your own happiness, and your own duty. Dwight D. Eisenhower, 34th president, he and his family used the Bible each day during their family devotions with each family member taking his or her turn reading a passage. Ronald Reagan, the 40th president, wrote this. Inside the Bible's pages lie all the answers to all the problems man has ever known. I hope Americans will read and study the Bible. It is my firm belief that the enduring values presented in its pages have great meaning for each of us and for our nation. The Bible can touch our hearts, order our minds, and refresh our souls. So often we rely exclusively on what others say in a Christian context for our nourishment. In some way, shape, or form, we're just being spoon-fed. But without the context of your own personal study, how do you know if what they say or what you hear is actually truth? Even the Apostle Paul, excuse me, even the Apostle Peter ascribed greater value to the written word than that which he had heard and seen with his own eyes. So what, what are you talking about? The Apostle Peter ascribed greater value to the written word of God than that which he saw with his own eyes. How many of you have ever seen something and someone else saw the same thing, but you disagreed on what you saw? Like, no, I saw it with my own eyes. And someone else says, listen, I was there. I saw it too. What I saw was, and then they say, well, I don't care what you saw. You're clearly wrong. What I saw was both people, same incident, different conclusions. And what the apostle Peter says is, listen, there were things of which we were eyewitnesses. This, this is in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you're taking notes, you should write down verses 16 through 21. 
that gives some additional context. You know, he says, we've not, de- we've not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, again in verse number 16, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Do you remember when they went up to the Mount of Transfiguration? So Jesus invites Peter, James, John, they go up, Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus reveals his glory. It's like he just pulls back the veil and his glory shines through and they see like, oh wow. Peter doesn't know what to say because with him appear two of the others and and now, oh wow, Moses and Elijah, this is incredible. And Peter says, let's build three tabernacles to worship and, 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 you know, he doesn't even know what he's saying. They, They are seeing something that's just incredible. With that in mind, the apostle Peter says, listen, we were eyewitnesses. Verse number 18, and this voice which, we, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. God saying, this is my beloved son. We saw him, we heard this with our own ears. Verse number 19, we also have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. And then he goes on, knowing this, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. It's not like some guy coming up with, with some good idea. No prophecies of, of private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What's he talking about? Peter's talking about the written word of God. It, it concerns, it's, it's a concern. I was sitting in the Pensacola airport one time and I was getting ready to fly out and I'm sitting next to a lady and, um, you know, I have the conversation. So what are you doing in, in Pensacola? She says, I was here for a conference. And, um, and then she turned to me and, and what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And she said, she said to me, kind of in this way, she says, have you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? And, um, and I said, absolutely. And she says, oh, and this week I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, what does that mean to you? And she started to explain. And then I just started to share some scripture about the filling of the Holy Ghost. And she says, well, I don't know what that means, but I know what I've experienced. Wow, is that dangerous? Well, I don't, I don't know all about that, but I know what I've experienced. And you know what the apostle Peter is combating here? He says, listen, no, no prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation. I know we were, we were eyewitnesses to this. We heard the things with our own ears, but we have a more sure word of prophecy than what we saw with our eyes and what we heard with our ears. Whole religious movements have been made because somebody had some strange dream that went beyond the pages of scripture. So what, what is it that, that we should be reminded of? Wow, we have to be in this book. And and if we're not, our growth will be severely stunted. What what should we do? Well, obviously we should grow. Let me me mention a couple others. Look at the next one. And that's gonna be found in in 2 Peter 2. And that is guard, guard. Okay, so there's some things that, that, man, what do I do to grow? Get in the word. Okay, so now... The apostle Peter says, now these are some things you're going to have to be uh, on guard regarding. Okay, what is that? Verse number one, 2 Peter chapter two. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Whoa, wow. False prophets? Yeah, we we know about them. And then he says, there's going to be some 
among you, false teachers among you who privily, privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now this is sad, verse number two, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Now they're gonna disparage truth. They're gonna say, so, oh, you believe in that? He's, they're, gonna, they're gonna cast truth in a light that makes it look like anything but truth. And then verse number 17, chapter three, verse number 17. Here he says, ye therefore beloved, seeing ye know these things before. Okay, I know you already know this. Beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Now, come on, is that really gonna happen to you? Could that really happen to me? That, that is, this is exactly what the apostle Peter's saying. He's saying, all right now, ye therefore beloved, seeing ye know these things before, you already know these truths. He says, you beware. That's, he's talking to me. He's talking to Dr. Zach. He's talking to Pastor Stevens. He's talking to us. The, uh, this morning, I have my prayer list out, okay? So this morning I'm praying and there, there are some people, some names on my prayer list. And whenever I get to those names, I genuinely, like it, it always catches me. Like I'm praying for, and, and some of the people that I'm praying for, it's like, wow, they know these things. These are people who have stood in pulpits just like this. They have said, take your Bibles and turn to. I mean, they have, they have said, thus saith the Lord. And, and now because for whatever reason, they were not guarding, they didn't take heed to the reminder. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. He's saying this can happen to you. And essentially, I think what he's saying, if we want to build, make a progression, what he's saying is if you're not currently growing, you are going to be left unguarded. So to a lack of growth means exposure. Now the, the shield is dropped a little. My opportunity to weather the attack, it is, it is compromised. As we start to grow in the promises of God, we're guarding against the lies of the devil. And one of the lies is to say that you can't really do anything about your weaknesses. You know, I, I kind of, this is just the way I am. Well, where is the power of the gospel there to change us into the likeness of Christ? Remember, these are the things that we're learning that we may grow thereby. Don't allow the lie of the devil to say, listen, you've always been this way. Or you know your own personality is this and you're just acting in a way consistent with who you are. And sometimes we're, you know, people are just gonna have to deal with it because that's just me. No, even in those areas where we have more natural inclinations, we should be able to stand back and say, God, would you continue to grow me into the likeness of Jesus Christ? And as I gaze in your face through the pages of this word, would you make me look more like you? Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen just cute old couples, you know, cute old couples? And they, they really do truly start to reflect one another. 
There's something maybe not necessarily about their physical appearance, but their mannerisms, their smile, the, the way that they interact. There's something that is reflective. You know, one rightly reflects the other. And it really, it's just beautiful. And I believe what scripture is saying here is, as I look into the word of God, I'm gonna start reflecting the one that I keep seeing. And what does that do for me? Well, I start to grow. And what does that help me do? It helps me guard. Again, sometimes those things that come very naturally, very easily to me. You know, I just started to think, what are some of the things that could be my own struggle? Are you a gossip? You know, are you a gossip? Does the Bible address anything regarding the matter of, um, hey, did you hear about? And I'm only sharing this because of, you know, I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about the person who's a gossip. Are you undisciplined? You know, the apostle Paul said, I keep, my, I keep under my body, bring it into subjection. The Bible has something to say about this. Are you soon angry? Do you spend time around angry people? Are you given to lust? Are you struggling with bitterness? Are you unkind? Are you fearful? Are you easily offended? Are you pouting because you are underappreciated? Are you a rebel? Are you distrustful? Are you struggling with pride? These are the kinds of things that are my struggles. And how humbling it is to look in the pages of the word of God and say, and when, when the word of God and the Holy Spirit works it into my heart and he says, hey, Jeff, do you know what I have to say about this attitude that you're forming right now? Do you know what I have to say about this direction that you're heading? Do you know what I have to say about, man, he just starts to address it. What does that do for me? Oh, it helps me to guard against Again, 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning verse number 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's really a powerful passage of scripture. What he's saying is, listen, you have everything that you need found in the pages of the word of God to live a life that is distinctly reflective of his. All things that pertain to life and godliness, that, that he's saying, you, I'm inviting you because of, of your part of the family to be partakers of the divine nature. What that does is it just obliterates the reasoning that says, well, that's just my personality. So people have to deal with it. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. And I have all things, all the resources available to me that pertain to life and to godliness. The word partaker that's used here, it means a partner, an associate, a sharer. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should be on guard against any thinking that says you can never change into the likeness of Jesus, that you will always be the way you are. Changing into his likeness is part of the very nature of the Christian experience. So if you're not guarding your thinking, you will excuse yourself. And by doing so, we are actually accusing God. Now don't, don't pack, okay? But we're just going to cover those two. We'll, we'll pick others up later. And we're, we're closing at a really good spot. All of us here who claim the name of Jesus Christ, all of us are called to grow. There is a rich, fertile ground upon which 
the roots of our life can be going deep into, and it's the rich, fertile ground of the word of God. So fellow believer, what are you doing with the word of God? And this is the absolute truth. Once you start to dig into faithfully, consistently into the word of God, you're going to grow. And what also will begin to take place? You're going to be able to guard against the wiles, so to speak, the deceitfulness of our enemy, a real enemy, the devil. And you're going to be able to stand having done all to stand. We didn't get to some parts tonight that that really address the matter of, all right, now we're not only supposed to grow, we're supposed to guard, we're also supposed to go, like tell other people. And tonight after the service, there is an opportunity. This is for the the college student part that's here at uh, Campus Church tonight. Last semester, at the beginning of the semester, on this evening that we had um, an opportunity for this Christian Service Expo. We're not going to invite you to come up tonight, but we asked all the Christian Service leaders to come up here And we just had a word of prayer that the Lord would use them in ways that would demonstrate his blessing and his hand upon them. Believers, all believers, not just the college students tonight, all of campus church, all of us are called in some way, shape, or form to go. And isn't it a powerful representation as we go? If we're growing into his likeness, if we're guarding against those things that can cause us to stumble, And then we go with a message that is exactly the message that a dying world needs to hear. Campus Church, all of us, find a way to reflect Christ, shine his light into a world that desperately needs the light of Jesus Christ.